Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pablo Torres, Israel Gutierrez, Harry Lyles Jr., Clinton Yates, blazing in Blazers today. Waiting game for Heat Nuggets and Golden Knight Panthers. How Storm fans viewed Brianna Stewart in her return. There were some boos. And Jeff Van Gundy's plan to shorten NBA games. Get rid of free throws. Let's go. <laughs> he says, just give the points away and let's keep it moving. Cherry strike. Keep it moving. Not a bad idea. Usually a good strategy. We start with an ongoing debate whether these title matchups are good for their respective sports. This is textbook you people. I don't know where this comes from. I don't know why people <laughs> care about the pocketbooks of these governing bodies, whether Vegas, Florida is good for the NHL because it's so Southern and new money and heat nuggets, whether this is good for the NBA. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated said last week, frankly, the nuggets aren't very interesting. Israel Gutierrez around the horn to you. Is heat nuggets finals good, bad or otherwise? For our league. Well, I don't like to be too critical of people that I really like, and I really like Chris Maddox, and I respect him, but it seems out of touch, and it seems a little bit sort of emblematic of a problem that there is around the NBA, is that not enough attention is paid to the game itself. Um, he mentioned that the only card that the Nuggets have to play is the Nobody Watches Us card. And they don't play cards. They play basketball. And on their team is a guy who won two consecutive MVPs and is so great that he, they, he's bored people with his greatness already and is probably why he wouldn't, didn't win a third consecutive MVP. Um, if he was, I think there's a little element of, you know, almost xenophobia involved because if he was an American-born superstar who had won almost three consecutive MVPs, like, say, oh, Larry Bird did, he actually won three consecutive MVPs, I think we'd be discussing him like Larry Bird. Instead, we're just saying, hey, we check on him every once in a while. We don't really know how good he is. And it's just obvious that too many people don't watch him play. Meanwhile, you look at his numbers, you look at the way he plays, you look at the way that team plays, and if you had leap pads, you should tune into that team more often than any other because they're so... Uh, they're, they're just great, and Nikola Jokic is great, and in this playoff run, he's been better than he was even in the regular season. So I don't know if Russell Westbrook got us all bored with players averaging triple-doubles, but he's doing it at the center position. Mm -hmm. So to answer the question, good, bad, or otherwise, this is a, a fine matchup, a good matchup for the NBA Finals, and the deserved matchup after the postseason we just saw, Israel? Yeah, I do think so. And I think for somebody who has won the back-to-back -back MVPs, like I mentioned, he deserves this stage, not just to himself, obviously the Miami Heat deserve it as well, but he deserves this stage to show people who are saying things that don't, that, you know, people that don't sound like they really love basketball, he's going to show you, hey, this is the sport that you should love. Pablo Torre, this NBA Finals matchup, good, bad, or otherwise for the league? 
it's it's just about to get good. That's what kills me about this entire conversation. It's like, okay, maybe you didn't watch Nickelodeon because you've been asleep on the East Coast. Now you're about to get him in a high-stakes setting in which you can then do all the stuff we like to do, that we people like to do. We can make fun of his legacy. We can talk about how good he is compared to the greats of all time. We can do all of that stuff, but just let him get to the finals first. And so, Tony, what this really is is not a question about is he interesting. It's a question about whether the Nuggets are messy. We love mess. Like Marie Kondo, we are paradoxical about this. We love to get rid of mess, criticize teams for being messy, but we want mess. And they're just not a soap opera. And we should just be specific about the adjectives that we use. They are deeply interesting. They're even more interesting now because people think they're not interesting, actually. There's a meta conversation here. But the reality is they're not a soap opera. They're not gossipy. And for that reason, sure, they don't feed a lot of debate shows in the conventional ways. But my God, man, you have an all-time great having an all-time postseason about to face a team that is an all-time okay. underdog. The storylines are there. Linton they're Yates, there. are the storylines there for this matchup? Denver, Miami? If these things aren't interesting, I don't know what is. As a journalist, it's your job to go into a situation and point out stories that they would not otherwise mm. know. Denver is absolutely a place where there are stories abound. Heck, you could just think about the half the people in the state can't even watch that team on TV because of some crazy cable contract. Yeah. Never mind everything else that's going on with the Heat and Pat Riley being a part of basketball history through decades going on and on and possibly being at this, you know, in a position to do it again. Look, I just don't understand where we got to this point in the NBA where every Everything other than basketball, as Izzy mentioned, is what we actually talk about when a guy is on the court literally revolutionizing the game as we speak in Joker. I, yes, I will be watching. This isn't good, bad, or otherwise. It's great in my house. And Harry Lyles Jr., your view of it. Yeah, I think it's also great, too, for the people. And I would also like to say Chris Mannix isn't the only person that's made this point, uh, to not to defend him, but just as a yes. larger-scale conversation. But I will say that what if you've watched the postseason, what else do you want, right? I mean, let's start with just the Miami Heat. They were three minutes away in the play-in from not even making the postseason. Okay, they make the postseason. They beat the number one seed, get their coach fired. They beat the Knicks. They go on. They play the two-seed Celtics. They surprise us all for three games. Give the Celtics enough hope to where most people thought, oh, my gosh, are the Celtics actually going to do this, be the first team to come back from 3-0? Squat. No, not happening. So you have that on that side. Let's make the case for the Nuggets. Okay, I'm going to make this very brief because I can't believe I have to say this about a one seed. Uh, they're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, they I'm picking up what you're putting down, Harry. MVP. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have, they have the two-time MVP who, if he starts making his run on titles now, we might be talking about an all-time great. So I just feel like if you like basketball, yes, this is a great. Points have been made, though. That well, I mean, if it, <laughs> L.A., Boston is how this league goes. The size of markets. I don't know if fans ever consider the size of markets when they sit down and watch a game, Israel. But that's part of this conversation, isn't it? It is, but the humble superstar is also okay for the league. Tim Duncan was that and won five championships and created, you know, an organization, a small market organization that is, you know, amongst the best in the league. So, yeah, I mean, the, the market size does not really affect the play, the basketball. I've heard enough on this. I appreciate all your, your take on that. I don't care so much about whether something is good or bad for the pockets of the governing bodies. I want to talk real quick about gameplay here. Nuggets have been off for a week plus. Nine days off. This is an oldie but goodie around the horde debate, Clinton Yates. Rest versus Russ. Could the nine days off hurt Denver going into tomorrow night's game one? 
I don't think it's going to hurt Denver. I just think Michael Malone is too good of a coach. Now, you can say there is the so-called momentum factor with the Heat, but I just feel that at this stage of the playoffs, you know, the Nuggets are too good of a team in terms of being a well-oiled machine or execution-wise for this to affect them remotely. I don't think, however, though, that it is a massive disadvantage for the Heat. That's a team that's playing on a lot of gut, a lot of energy. You saw that in terms of the Game 7. They're moving right into this in a way that I think is going to be as you know, it's not any different than it would have been necessarily if they'd had a week off, per se, in terms of what they're actually going to try to Parallels do. they got to go in there and use their best shot. Yeah, Yeah, I think, you know, look, the 82 Lakers had 11 days off. They won. The 2003 Nets had 10 days off. They lost. These things are all subjective. I think for the Nuggets, this has been the most consistently dominant team with the best player this postseason. Could there be rust in the first quarter, first half of game one? Yes, but I think that they're good enough to where that they will get the wheels back on the wagon if they have to. Is Drew Gutierrez? It's going to take them half a second, I would say, in large part. And if you look at the, what Miami's doing, they got there right away, practiced the first day they got there, trying to get adjusted to the altitude. Uh, Denver's going to have some issues if Miami's, you know, sending some aggressive doubles and sort of reading that initially. But the one thing they don't really have to worry about is Miami, even if they do take a big lead, even though they did maintain their league in Game 7 against Boston, all season long they haven't really maintained those big leads. They had one in a, uh, the home game in Miami against Denver this season and lost it and ended up losing that game. So that adjustment that they can make they can make it by halftime it's not going to mean they're going to lose game one if they got a little rust and Pablo on rest versus rust yeah it's not about momentum to me it's not about gut it's not about even adjustments to begin it's the fact that the heat just got off a gauntlet where they faced about the hardest possible road to get here they escaped somehow the zombie apocalypse to survive the nuggets have been chilling so for me it's just the difference in mentality you guys are entering <laughs> two very different right. settings here coming from two very different settings and now you face each other. That's also, by the way, interesting. One more story here, and it's a question. Is everything all right with Golden State? Check out this quote from owner Joe Lacob on GM and President Bob Myers leaving the team this week. I'm not going to tell you I understand it, because I don't. And Draymond Green last week, before it was official, said the possibility that Myers would not return did not sit well with him. Pablo, you see this as Golden State possibly fracturing and could Green lead Golden State over this. So I think Draymond Green knows, Tony, that Golden State values him in a way that no other franchise possibly could. And Steve Kerr said it, we're not a contender without Draymond Green. And Draymond has always seen Bob Myers, who I think is a obviously a two-time executive of the year, the guy who architected Kevin Durant, all of that stuff. He sees him as a protector because Draymond has been Draymond so unapologetically because of the support. But Bob Myers leaving, does it signal something about the tide turning on the dynasty? Of course. And I think we're unrealistic if we're not pointing out that Bob Myers is getting out close to that, close to the peak of it, right? Granted, they are now a year removed from their championship, but I think he's getting out while the getting is still pretty good. And I don't blame him for playing the longer game as opposed to trying to hang on too long. Israel Gutierrez, you agree with Pablo Torre there that this might be the end of... Mm -hmm the Warriors as we know them. Not really. I think uh, it's, he's getting out because the job looks as difficult as it's ever been. When you've got that roster and those, uh, those dollars thrown around there and the amount of money they already have uh, pay paying their players, the idea of trying to move Jordan Poole is probably something he's not looking forward to. The idea of trying to find a way to keep Draymond because Steve Kerr says he is, you know, they're not a championship team without him, as Pablo mentioned. I think those things all feel really difficult, and it is potentially a reason why they could come apart if first Bob... And 
and then Draymond Green goes. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just because the job's really tough right now. Ira Lyles Jr.? It does sort of feel like he's taking his chips and getting out of the casino because okay. there are a lot of question marks coming up this offseason. I do think Draymond is going to be back because of what Pablo said, that he means more to this team than he would anywhere else, even though he does have a lot of leverage. So I do think he's going to be able to get his money. But as long as Steph Curry is there, as long as Klay Thompson is there, Steve Kerr said after the Lakers series that he wanted to have him around, that they're not a contender without him. He's going to be there. To me, the biggest variable in this is Joe Lacob going to want to have to pay more than the $400 million of luxury tax that he's going to have. So I think the number is supposed to get up to something like five million or $500 million. I think that is going to be the thing that might tear this apart, if anything else. Glenn Yates. Yeah, I mean, respectfully, I don't agree with Steve Kerr in that situation. I mean, I think that Draymond is arguably the most replaceable player at this stage of his career of all of that core, even if he does mean something to that franchise mm. that nobody else does. And I can see that as being a philosophical difference that might cause somebody to say, yes, as Izzy pointed out, this is not something I want to be a part of decision-wise. You know, this isn't to me a fracturing, a breaking up. It is a natural, you know, decomposition of what has been a fantastic franchise over the past 10 years. This isn't like some big shock, I think, outside of to people like Draymond Green, who need that personal relationship in order to feel like who they are. Yates, 14. Harry Lyles, 15. Israel Gutierrez, 15. Pablo Torre, 14. Fire sell next. Around the Horn is brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes while Kansas City, Baltimore were spicy names that were thrown around originally. Could the Cleveland Browns be a destination? Deshaun Watson said yesterday he would love to reunite with Hopkins. Clinton, you buy or sell that Deshaun Watson might have an inside track to DeAndre Hopkins? 
I'll sell this if I'm DeAndre Hopkins. Listen, this guy's had a great career as a pass catcher, but he's not been on many very good teams as far as that goes in playoff success. And you want to get somewhere, and you're going to the Browns with Deshaun Watson? Terrible idea, my guy, if you're trying to be successful anytime, you know, after, let's just say, October. Ari Lyles Jr.? Yeah, I'm buying it off of familiarity, but I'm certainly selling it off of anything that DeAndre Hopkins might want. Teams that would make more sense to me could be Kansas City, Miami, Buffalo, and the New York Jets because you've got good quarterbacks and you've got young pass catchers that he could also mentor and be a contributor on a contending team. Cleveland, I don't think so. Israel Gutierrez. I'm actually buying it for both players. I feel like DeAndre Hopkins has kind of fallen off a little bit since going to Arizona and maybe needs a quarterback that trusts him and is comfortable with him. And just on the other side, with Watson, I probably know other quarterback that needs <clears throat> more comfort around him in Cleveland and maybe a support system that uh, he would need. So I think, you know, having Hopkins there as a familiar face would help him as well. So you're buying this. And how about you, Pablo Torre? Yeah, if I'm running the Browns, objectively, I don't really get all that excited about DeAndre Hopkins. But at the same time, if I'm running the Browns, they've also made the most morally compromised transaction in bringing Deshaun Watson in the first place. So why not give him whatever else he wants? Because you did that already. But if he wants, if DeAndre Hopkins wants, Tony, a great defense, a quarterback who loves the game as much as he does, that's a quote, and stable management, I'm probably, as a sommelier, bringing him to Buffalo, for instance, instead of to Cleveland, because I don't think... They're really all of those things. Somalia, okay, yeah. I'm following you. They grow right. grapes in Buffalo. Hannons. Fire Cell 2, SEC's unbalanced schedule. This is a hubbubaloo over the 8-9 game situation. Kirby Smart calls it, quote, the most overrated conversation there ever was, end quote. Everybody plays, everybody home and away, every four years, quote, not a big deal overall, end quote. Harry. We've had many conversations on this here hole in over 20 years, but does Kirby have this right? The most overrated conversation there ever was. I don't know about ever, but it certainly matters in this neck of the woods. Look, for a lot of these second and third tier rivalries in the SEC, that goes with the fabric of society down here with religious mm -hmm. and national yeah. holidays. So if you do the nine game schedule, you basically get three rivalry games with six rotating games. So if you don't do that and you do the eight game schedule, for instance, you might not have the Deep South's oldest rivalry between Auburn and Georgia played, which has been played 127 in the last 130 years. You also might not get Texas, Texas A&M, a bunch of other rivalries. So no, it's, it's not the most overrated, but I understand why he doesn't care about it. Rest of the panel just realized they walked into a college football discussion with <laughs> Harry Lyles Jr. Israel Gutierrez. Uh, I feel like I might get dinged on this, but I think the most overrated conversation is rust versus rest, which we just had a second ago. <laughs> and I would say this is more of a niche overrated you. conversation here. Because if you're coming out of the SEC, you're coming out of it to win a national championship. You're not trying to, you know, avoid people and try to maybe get out with three wins. Like, there's going to be tough, great, tough teams on both sides. I'm not worried about the rivalries every single year. They're going to be great games. Maybe you develop new rivalries. The SEC football, it's always good. It doesn't really matter who's on the other side. Pablo, buy or sell the most overrated conversation ever. So I sell it because the most overrated conversation ever is whether a hot dog is a sandwich. I mean, I cannot believe that we're still arguing about this. Uh, okay. Also, the answer is no. The second thing I say about this, though, is that I buy the perspective of, like, every other conference. Imagine being the ACC right now, hearing about the wealth of riches that Harry Lyles just described as you're trying to scramble to stay alive. <laughs> like, the pack, whatever the number is, like, they, yes, the SEC has too many good problems, too many interesting games, a problem that no one else shares in the country. And Clint Yates. 
The reason why it's not a sandwich is because when you take away the bread, it's okay. still a hot dog. We're not dog. doing this. As Come for on. second and third tier rivalries in the it's SEC. Hot. Yeah, I mean, this is what you get when you've got a gazillion teams in your conference and people are transferring all over the place. God forbid a team plays once every two or three years other than every year. This is a non-issue that I think a lot of people just happen Harry, to Harry, you're still shaking conference. your head no. Clinton did not convince you. No, not at all. And I will say this to Kirby's defense. The reason he doesn't care, it hasn't mattered who they've played the last two years. They see the best players every day in practice, according to him at least. <laughs> Buy or sell three. Jeff Van Gundy's ideas of shortening NBA games. Here he is with Richard Deitch of The Athletic on Richard's podcast. So my most radical one is eliminate free throws into the last four minutes. So if you get fouled, um, on a shooting foul, you just get the points. And then I would eliminate halftime. Uh, I think halftime is the biggest waste of time, or I'd reduce it to five minutes. Go in, go to the bathroom, come back out. <laughs> All right, Israel. So we're eliminating free throws until the final four minutes, just giving away points and eliminating halftime. Buy or sell? Uh, hard sell. I thought I had the craziest take when I was about to tell you that a hot dog is a taco. But getting rid of uh, halftime and getting rid of free throws altogether, which is an important element of the game, no, I think it's just Jeff being Jeff. Hot dog is a taco. That is inspired. Pablo Torre. That's ridiculous. It's more of a burrito. But Jeff Van Gundy can <laughs> say things no, no. that I can't. I love Jeff Van Gundy throwing out ideas that if you said it in the voice of a nerd, you would get banished from sports. And Jeff Van Gundy can actually say this stuff. I love it. I love the idea. And also, I love it for my man, Ben Simmons. The game totally changes if suddenly free This is not about Clint Yates. I love JVG, but I'm starting to get concerned about his love for the game that he claims to like so much. If you want to watch pickup basketball, walk on down to LA Fitness and watch guys run around for two or three hours, because that's what it's going to look like if you eliminate halftime for the most elite athletes on earth when the game is as good as it's ever been. Just oh, doesn't make there sense. was a band word in that diatribe. And Harry Lyles Jr. I'm selling this for Jeff Van Gundy because it's shortening the games. The longer the game, the more random stuff he gets to talk about during the broadcast, which is half of why we love him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> more of the things that he disliked from two minutes earlier in the game. Unbelievable. Fact. That's good stuff. Honestly. Imagine that. Chaos. Clint Yates, Pablo Torre. Front row seats for Harry Lyles, Israel Gutierrez showdown. Next. A corn. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Brianna Stewart's return to Seattle last night. 25 points, 11 rebounds, Liberty get the win. She had a tough start and called it an emotional roller coaster. Playing the team she was drafted by and won two titles with, 
and willingly left for New York. There were some boos at the start of the game, cheers at the end. Harry, your takeaway from Stewart's return. This game was a whole lot like the way that their season is going to be. It's have to be adjustments that's probably going to end well. The, Mystic, the Mystics had them early on in the season. They've been a much better team since then. Mm -hmm. Is? Look, I'm not saying that Brianna deserved this, but I'm sort of giving credit to the fans who booed her. She left their team. She was their best player in her prime and went to another team in free agency. Those handful of fans that booed her, sports are emotional. I'm you with you, Israel. Okay. On the two titles, though. I'm with you. They had the two titles, but she left. You can boo her, and then you can appreciate her at the end of the game when she had such a great closeout. Point Gutierrez. Showdown two, video daily double. Phillies Mets last night. Nimmo robs Castellanos of a maybe home run. Castellano robs Nimmo three innings later of double uh, extra base hits. Israel, who robbed who better? Look, I understand robbing a home run might look more impressive, but if you've ever tried to slide on grass comfortably, you know you could probably tear your ACL <laughs> doing it. I hate that slide right there. And you can slide and catch the ball. Great job by Castellanos. Okay, and Harry Lyles? Yeah, it's hard for me to pick against Nimmo finding that baseball, but Nick Castellanos is not known for his fielding, and for him to make that slide and grab one away from his body, it's easily Castellanos, who is known better for So you both agree. Runs. Okay, point to Israel. Bad things don't happen to Castellanos. Bad things happen to other people when Castellanos is involved. That's what happens. 30 seconds of pace, Israel. Well, thanks, Tony. And if you're trying to find ways to have your favorite athlete around your life at all times, even after they retired, you can maybe buy their shoes, maybe other merchandise. But Roger Federer, recently retired, has a better idea. He's now going to be an option of a voice for Waze, the navigation device on your phone. He can also do it in French, English, or in German. So if you want to hear Roger Federer literally everywhere you go, you can hear Roger Federer everywhere you go. I advise other athletes to follow suit. That is great. I love that. Thank you for that, Israel. 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.